in the immortal words of Loverboy, everybody's working for the weekend. That's what the Fortress of Rock is here for. I'm the maestro, Kevin Crane, episode 61, October the 14th, 2022. It's Friday night. The work week is over. Hope you're relaxing with an adult beverage or two. You're with the one you love or the one you love at this particular moment in time. If you can't listen on Friday night, hopefully, as you're getting over your hangover Saturday morning or getting ready for football on Sunday morning, you'll listen to us. You'll play some of this music that we talk about, some of this great rock and roll. That's what we're here for, and that's what we're all about. As always, we start off with News of the World Segment 1. Our tribute to Freddie Mercury and Queen, and wouldn't you know, our first story is about Freddie Mercury and Queen. We discussed this a while back. It has finally come out yesterday, the 13th of October. Queen released the song Face It Alone. An old track from about 30 years ago where Freddie Mercury singing with his original bandmates, of course, before his passing. Since the passing of Freddie Mercury, the legend of Queen has just grown and grown exponentially. The movie Bohemian Rhapsody, the song, of course, gaining and gaining in popularity through release after release after release, used in TV shows, movies. Of course, the surviving members have been out on tour with American Idol alum Adam Lambert taking over as lead vocalist. I'm not a huge fan of that. But I can partially uh, partially understand it in this day and age. I don't have to completely and totally like it or condone it. So, face it alone. Check it out. Bring it up on Spotify. We will have a review of it here in the next week or two on the Fortress of Rock. In tour news, we mentioned last week there were issues with Ringo Starr and his all-star band and their tour. Well, it's gotten worse. Last week, we reported that their tour was on hold. Now, it has been officially canceled because Ringo has tested positive again for COVID the second time, I believe, in the last month. So unfortunately, the Ringo Starr and his all-star band tour, of course, featuring Colin Hay from Men at Work, members of Toto, that tour has been canceled. Duran Duran, a documentary slash concert 
film called A Hollywood High, coming out in theaters November the 3rd, 2022. I'm assuming this is one of those Fathom Events type of deals. Duran Duran, of course, another one of those bands that we try to prop up here on the Fortress of Rock. We'll discuss here later on, as we always seem to do each and every week, our disdain for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Of course, Duran Duran finally getting the recognition they deserve. But there are some other bands out there that, like Duran Duran, bands that were looked down upon by critics, shunned as being superficial. Duran Duran was able to somehow navigate through all that chaos, navigate through all that negativity, get gets the recognition they rightly deserve. And now we've got this documentary concert film coming out. Go check out A Hollywood High, November the 3rd, 2022, in select theaters across the United States. Another legacy-type band. Going back to the 70s this time, instead of the 80s with Duran Duran, Kansas, who I just saw in concert about three, four months ago, outstanding. And I feel very fortunate because they had an awful time this year fighting COVID, had to cancel or postpone a lot of shows. Luckily, the one that I saw them at was not one of them. They are putting out a three-CD retrospective of their career called Another Fork in the Road, 50 Years of Kansas, coming out December the 9th. I have seen the track list for this. It's interesting. Let me say that. And in the press release that accompanies the track listing, They're very accurate and very honest in saying this is not a straight-ahead greatest hits compilation. This is a true retrospective of our career, for better or worse. Now, I'm paraphrasing, but you're not getting all the greatest hits. You're not getting all the studio versions of their greatest songs. You're going to get a live version from what I've seen of Carry On Wayward Son. You are not getting Point of No Return at all, the song. So that'll tell you, this is not a straight-up greatest hits package. This is more, it seems like, the band putting together a lot of stuff that they're proud of going all the way back to their first album 
a re-recorded version of their very first song off their first album, Can I Tell You, all the way through to their last album here recently, The Absence of Presence. So in that respect, it looks like it's a true representation of their entire career. But again, like they say in this press release, if you're looking for greatest hits, you'll get most of them, but not all of them, and not the clean studio versions that you would want. Mentioned the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when we were talking about Duran Duran. Judas Priest has announced that even though he is no longer in the band, he's off on his own. Of course, has an offshoot band, K.K. Downing's Priest. But K.K. Downing will play with Judas Priest when they are inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, albeit, and I am still mad beyond belief and bitter beyond belief about the fact that they didn't get voted in. They had to take a special award in order to get in. I hope Judas Priest blows the doors off, outshines everybody, and once again shows how the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is garbage. Garbage beyond belief and does not represent true rock and roll fans like you and me. It's like politics. The people in charge don't know what they're doing. They don't have our best interests at heart. And they manage to screw things up, won't apologize for it, and won't make it right. But kudos to Judas Priest. Kudos to K.K. Downing for playing nice, making peace. So we're getting close to having the perfect Judas Priest reunion for one night at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony. I've been ripping a lot on Roger Waters lately. I'm going to tell you what he said about hard rock. ACDC, Eddie Van Halen, but I will qualify it with this. You have to read the full quote. You have to listen to the full quote, and I'm actually going to back up Roger Waters on this because everybody has the right to not like certain types of music. Of course, here on The Fortress, we all love hard rock. A little bit of metal, a little bit of 80s pop rock, a little bit of 70s pop rock, some R&B, funk from the 70s. So initially when I saw this quote from Roger Waters after all of the other inane, stupid, asinine comments that he's made about politics about his fans and how they should just leave if they don't want to listen to him rant about politics during his shows. You guys know how I feel about that. 
and that makes Roger Waters public enemy number one to me when it comes to a concert experience. I don't pay to listen to you rant on about politics. I pay to listen to your music. Stamp it on the ticket. Digital ticket, print out ticket, or in the rare occurrences that it still happens, an actual paper ticket that you get from Ticketmaster or some other local outlet that actually is still decent and kind enough to give you a souvenir in the way of a ticket for the show that you're going to see. Print on there, or at least let us know before we buy the tickets. This artist, this band will be ranting and raving incessantly about their political views. Whether it's the Dixie Chicks, oh, I'm sorry, the Chicks. Or whether it's Green Day and the idiot Billy Joe Armstrong, the angriest tiny man in the world. But in this case, I can't fault Roger Waters. He was on the Joe Rogan podcast recently. And the topic of the music, the kind of music he liked came up. And of course, he says, well, I'm partial to singer-songwriters like Bob Dylan and Neil Young. Puke and puke. Again, my opinion. And it fits perfectly with Roger Waters, as I think Pink Floyd is overrated beyond belief. But then he went on to talk about hard rock. And if you take snippets from his comments it could infuriate you as a hard rock fan but you have to delve a little bit deeper now initially the big snippet that came out of this was roger waters couldn't care less about acdc or eddie van halen now you got to remember when eddie van halen died David Crosby, and rightly so, got vilified across all social media. If he just kept his mouth shut, he'd have been fine. But he put out there that stupid three-letter word, meh. Dismissing Eddie Van Halen. And then has to go on and say, well, I used to understand what the big deal is. He's not that great of a, he's not a groundbreaking artist. I know I'm paraphrasing, but look up his comments and I'm pretty close to hitting the nail on the head with what he was getting at. So I thought that's where Roger Waters was going with this. But once you read the full interaction, it's more Roger Waters is just saying, That's not my type of music. He goes on to say, I'm sure what I've heard heard of Eddie Van Halen, talented, but it's just not my type of music. So I will give Roger Waters a pass on this one, and I will caution everybody. 
as is always the case with the mass media, they will take the most inflammatory, incendiary parts of what somebody says, cut them front and back to stir you up. Just like this almost stirred me up. And I already had a built-in disdain for Roger Waters, but I was smart enough to go in, look at the entire interview, the context of the quote, and realize Roger Waters was not ripping on ACDC or Van Halen. He was basically just saying, that's not my type of music. So even a scumbag like Roger Waters and I can find common ground in that I'm not going to get upset about this comment because it was not meant to bash the Lord God King of Rock and Roll, Eddie Van Halen, or any of the bands that we love like ACDC. But I'm sure Roger Waters, having diary of the mouth like he does, will say something else here in the next week or two that we'll have on News of the World that we'll be more than happy to rip him apart for. But on this particular instance, I can't do it. Then finally, two guitar gods making news this week. Both, in a way, tied into Van Halen. Of course, we've been talking for weeks about the Van Halen mythical possible tribute shows, tour, who would be involved, who wouldn't be involved, were there actual serious discussions. Wolfgang Van Halen, of course, not helping matters in my opinion recently. A lot of his actions recently have started to upset me. Now, the one guy, one of the few guys, let's put it that way, who I think could have stepped in and played guitar in a tribute show or on a tribute tour for Van Halen, Joe Satriani, has basically said, count me out. Now, of course, the initial rumors and speculation was that he had been contacted by Alex Van Halen and David Lee Roth to take part if they could get a tribute show or tour together. Sammy Hagar came out recently, poo-pooed it because he says, well, if it's not Chad Smith on drums, it's just chicken foot without him. And of course, Wolfgang Van Halen comes out and says, I got closure by playing those old Van Halen songs with Dave Grohl. Again, a ridiculous, nonsensical statement to me and a slap in the face to all Van Halen fans out there. And this is where 
I'm getting upset lately with Wolfgang Van Halen. There's more coming in uh, Wrap It Up at the end about that. So now Joe Satriani has heard all this, heard all the bickering already, even though there's nothing even close to a tribute show or tribute tour in the works. And he says, I'm out. Don't consider me. I don't want any part of it. So way to go, Sammy. Way to go, Wolfgang. The one guy that I would have probably respected above all others to sit in for the great Eddie Van Halen is now out. So you got what you wanted, Wolfie. You won't play guitar, but you don't want anybody else to play guitar. You don't want a tribute show. But for some reason, Dave Grohl is more worthy. And I, you guys know I love the Foo Fighters, and I love Dave Grohl. But the Foo Fighters and Dave Grohl are more worthy in the Taylor Hawkins tribute shows of getting the Van Halen songs and Wolfie playing guitar than true Van Halen fans are on a tour for them. In a way, it disgusts me. In a way, it really disgusts me. All right, finally, to wrap up News of the World, Steve Vai, of course, played on Eat em and Smile, David Lee Ross' first full debut album. Of course, he had that four-song EP with California Girls, but Eat em and Smile was his first full-length debut album. Steve Vai, of course, guitars, established himself as one of the 80s up-and-coming rock guitar gods, along with Joe Satriani. Of course, you had Ingve Malmsteen out there, Adrian Vanderberg, Vandenberg. So Steve Vai has got a straight-ahead rock album, as he calls it, that he recorded back in 1991 set for release in 2023 finally gonna put this sucker out it will have vocals you're gonna love this the vocalist's nickname is gash the tentative title of this album is vi gash lead singer's name is really john Sombrado. And even to this day, even though it was recorded back in 1991, Steve Vai is still praising Sombrado's voice, how unique and how different and how awesome it is. So I am very intrigued to hear Vai Gash in 2023. And that is going to do it for news of the world for this week on the Fortress of Rock. We have got a review coming up of Roger Klein and the Peacemakers live in Indianapolis, along with five new songs in the breakdown segment. Coming up next, quick promo, and I will be right back.
Thank you so much for tuning in to the Fortress of Rock podcast with me, the maestro, Kevin Crane. Of course, that was segment one, the news of the world, our tribute to Freddie Mercury and Queen, where we look back at the past week in rock and roll and all the news and all the controversies that you deserve to know about. Next up is the heart of the show, the meat and potatoes breakdown where we are going to review all the new songs all the new albums all the new concert tours the shows that i've seen personally stay tuned for that of course we're now available on spotify anchor apple stitcher Castbox, google pocket cast and radio public wherever you listen to your favorite podcast hang out kids we'll be right back All right, segment two of the Fortress of Rock. As always, breakdown. Our tribute to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Going to hold off a week. I know I promised you that I was going to review the new Queensryche album, Digital Noise Alliance. Going to take a week, listen to it one or two more times give you my fair, honest opinion of it. But we have got a ton of singles and, of course, our featured concert review. Roger Klein and the Peacemakers this past Wednesday night, October the 12th, 2022, at the Hi-Fi in Indianapolis, Indiana. Now, if you've never seen Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, shame on you. Of course, Roger Klein was the leader of the Refreshments, who put out two fantastic albums, Fizzy Fuzzy, Big and Buzzy, and The Bottle and Fresh Horses. Is going on with the Peacemakers to put out a ton of music. He is known for being a phenomenal, phenomenal live act. Different set list every night. Digging through both his albums with the refreshments and his albums with the Peacemakers. In the show that I saw this past Wednesday night did not disappoint. In fact, one of the best shows I have seen in a long, long time. Third time I've seen Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. They never, ever disappoint. 23 songs over an hour and 45 minutes. We'll go track by track, but I'm going to blow through these pretty quickly. Starting off with the classic refreshment song, down together. Then you go into counterclockwise, honky tonk union, lemons, which he pretty much plays almost every night. Great song in concert. Mexico, another song he rarely skips. A little hungover you. 
your name on a grain of rice, which, interesting side note, my buddy and I got there a couple hours early, hadn't been to the Hi-Fi before. It's on the southeast side of Indianapolis, a couple miles away from Lucas Oil Stadium. Interesting area, let's put it that way. Looked a lot better after the concert than before the concert. Um, but we found a really, really cool place to eat dinner, get a couple beers called Kuma's Corner. Check that place out if you've never been around the Hi-Fi or been to the Hi-Fi. Highly recommend Kuma's Corner. Very nice. Let us park in their parking lot. They've got a lot of great burgers named after a lot of heavy metal bands. I know my buddy got the Iron Maiden. So, fun, fun times beforehand. And we had to move the truck that we came in. We had parked far away. We got the first parking space we could find that looked halfway decent. Once we walked around, found Kuma's Corner, and they said we could park in their parking lot even if we went to the show and we were there after they closed, they would be okay with it. So my buddy went back to grab the truck. He actually said he saw Roger Klein and the Peacemakers walking back towards downtown Indianapolis block or two back to a bar that we were thinking of going to called the Inferno. Lesson for everybody. Stick to the original plan. My friend and I were thinking about going to the Inferno. We looked them up. We looked at their bar menu. We looked at the drinks they had to offer. Again, we didn't really know what the area was like. My daughter had been there before, believe it or not, to see a show. I don't know how accurate I can I can say her information was, but um, we decided against going to the Inferno. We wanted to find a place where we can get some decent food. The Inferno's menu, in terms of food, didn't look all that impressive, but they have unbelievable drinks. Obviously, that's probably why it looked like Roger Klein and the Peacemakers were going to hang out there before the show. But we heard them playing Your Name on a Grain of Rice, song seven in their set list. As I come around to my point, when we passed the hi-fi, the first time as we were walking around trying to find a place to hang out. They were doing their sound check, playing Your Name on a Grain of Rice. So that was kind of cool. Then they moved on to Marie, Mercy, Sucker Punch, again, Classic refreshment song off of Fizzy Fuzzy Big and Buzzy. And they played a lot off that album. 
And that's fine because that album is one of the greatest, most underrated albums ever released. Then they play Every Kind of Lucky, Mekong. Again, another one of those songs that they don't pass over. And again, another song out of, out of Fizzy Fuzzy. Tell Your Mama. Maybe We Should Fall in Love, Green and Dumb. Now, Tell Your Mama and Green and Dumb are both off the debut album from The Peacemakers, Honky Tonk Union. They don't always play those songs. Green and Dumb, I think more often than not, Great debut album. Then they go into All Over the Radio, Blue Collar Suicide, the lead-off track off of Fizzy Fuzzy, Big and Buzzy. One of my favorite songs of all time. Then they start talking about how they're going to be playing with the band Cracker, or at least the founder of the band Cracker. And again, a little bit of musical synergy here. One of the favorite songs uh, that I ever heard in the last 25 years, one of my favorite songs was Low by the band Cracker. And it so happens that Cracker was the band they were referring to and the founder of the band Cracker. So they break into a cover of Low. And I'm going nuts. I mean, this is phenomenal. This is rock and roll heaven for me. Then right after they get done with Low, they break into their most well-known song from the Refreshments era. Again, Fizzy Fuzzy. Banditos. We all know Banditos. Everybody's singing along. Everybody knows the world is full of stupid people. And then they go from that into King of the Hill, the theme song from the old classic animated Fox cartoon show. They held a raffle to have somebody from the crowd come up on stage and play the triangle during the song felt kind of bad for them because they made it sound like they only had three people that bought raffle tickets at 20 bucks a pop. Some of us can't afford that. I feel bad for the band because they were pleading for us to buy merchandise to join in on the raffle because they kept talking about the cost of diesel fuel. They had to be in Tennessee the next night. I've already done my share. I've already bought in the past concert shirts, hats from them. So I don't feel as bad as others should. Then we get the classic goofy 
Jim Dalton song. Jim Dalton is a guitarist for the refreshments. Dick Bird. Jim Dalton came up with this ridiculous song about a bird pooping on his shoulder and somehow turned it into a concert classic where there were a couple people in the audience who had Dick Bird shirts. Then we got Contraband, a surprise, pleasant surprise. And then, of course, finally, as they normally do, they closed out their set with Nada, the closing track off of Fizzy, Fuzzy, Big and Buzzy. So now when I say that they switch up the set list, I'm referring to songs like Honky Tonk Union, A Little Hung Over You, Contraband, All Over the Radio. Those songs, they will shift in and out. Those slots, they will shift in and out for other songs from their catalog. There are certain songs, of course, they will not skip. They will always play. There would be a riot if they never played Banditos. There would be violence and drinks thrown if they did not play Down Together or Mexico. Mekong. There are eight to ten songs they know they have got to hit during the night to make everybody happy, but they do shuffle other songs in and out. Like my buddy, two of his favorite songs, Switchblade, and heaven on a paper plate they did not play and we both fully expected them to play them but those are the type of songs that are a victim to the live creativity of roger klein and the peacemakers where they are going to give you a different show each and every night so i didn't have a problem with it i think he was a little more upset than i was Because in the end, I thought it was a fantastic set list. Loved it. Loved the show. Incredible, incredible live act. Roger Klein and the Peacemakers again. If you're in the southwestern United States, particularly in the Arizona area, you know Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. They're huge, huge in Arizona. But if you get a chance to see them anywhere else, when they come through your part of the country, you have got to go see them. Do not worry when you walk in and there's only a couple hundred people in there. They are devoted peacemakers like my buddy and I are. Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, one of the greatest live acts, one of the greatest bands in America. Check them out. All right, as I mentioned, I'm going to skip the review of Digital Noise Alliance from Queensryche until next week. That review will hit pretty much at the same time as I am heading up to see them live 
next Friday night, the 21st, with Judas Priest in Kalamazoo. Seems a little appropriate, seems a little bit fitting. So let's go through five new songs that have been released here over the last couple weeks. Let's start off with Nickelback, the second release off of their upcoming album, Get Rollin'. You guys know that I love the first single, the first release, San Quentin. Hardcore, Nickelback, straight ahead rock and roll. Can't say I was impressed with those days. Those days sounds like in movie parlance, a sequel to Photograph. Again, Chad Kroger singing about the things that were around when he grew up and, you know, they're antiquated now and they're forgotten. You can dip into that well once as they did with photograph, but I don't think you can pull it off again. Like they're trying to do here with those days. I can't recommend those days. As much as I try to stick by Nickelback and defend them against all the haters out there, this is one time where I can't. This is one time where they are proving that the haters in this one instance are right. Those days is creatively bereft, a near carbon copy of photograph Hopefully, we get more like San Quentin on the new album than we do stuff like Those Days. All right, next up, I really didn't know how to handle this one because, of course, Alter Bridge's brand new album, Pawns and Kings, just came out today, October the 14th. But... I'm not sure when I'm going to actually get to review the new album. Could be next week, could be two weeks. As much as I've been looking forward to this, so much good new music to listen to. So let's go ahead and review the fourth single from Pawns and Kings. This is actually the leadoff track from the album as I looked at the sequence here over the past week. This is War is the fourth release from Pawns and Kings. I am not as big a fan of This Is War as I have been the last couple songs, especially Sin After Sin is just classic, outstanding Alter Bridge. Silver Tongue has grown on me, really starting to like Silver Tongue a lot. I, I look at This Is War 
more like I looked at the leadoff single, which was the title track, Pawns and Kings. Trying to, to figure out if there's not a theme or a concept going on here in terms of, of this album. If, is it about warfare, violence, conflict? Starting to get a definite vibe in that direction from this album. That being said, uh, This Is War is good but not great. Again, like Pawns and Kings, the song. I'll still take it. Ultra Bridge, at their worst, is probably better than 90% of the bands out there. And again, I will have my full review of the entire album, Pawns and Kings, within the next couple weeks here on The Fortress. Then we move on to Smashing Pumpkins, the first single off of this massive project that Billy Corgan and company have announced. I know I'm not going to get the name right, even though they have said it's pronounced like Autumn, spelled A-T-U-M. Autumn. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. All I know is the first song they've released, and we're not going to review every song week by week because that's how they're going to release the songs, to my understanding, before the entire project gets released in 2023 as a whole. From what I've heard, one song a week on Billy Corgan's podcast, I believe, is how they're going to do it. But the first track that they put out there is called Beguiled. And it's good stuff. It is really good stuff, kids. Nasty, awesome, great guitar hooks. Take Billy Corgan's vocals and his lyrics for what they are. Listen to the song musically. The guitars, again, outstanding, catchy, intense. Best stuff I've heard from the Smashing Pumpkins in quite a while. I definitely recommend you check out Beguiled. Just like Alter Bridge. Didn't know if I should review Time Bomb from Skid Row, the third release off their brand new album, The Gang's All Here, because The Gang's All Here just came out today, just like Pawns and Kings from Alter Bridge. But again, not sure when I'm going to be able to get to the review of the entire album, so I'm going to go ahead and give you a breakdown of Time Bomb. I've seen some negative reviews about this song, Pass them by. Dismiss them. You've got to take this song for what it is. It is just a straight-on rock and roll song. It's not going to get you to Skid Row's heights in terms of creativity. 
a la Slave to the Grind. I think finally, Rachel Bolin, Snake, those guys have all figured it out and they're not, while they're trying to go back to the old days with this album, with these songs, with their new lead singer, at the same time, I don't think they, I think they realize they're never going to reach the lyrical heights, the intensity musically that they hit with Slave to the Grind. It's a masterpiece. And I think they finally realize they're never going to achieve that again. But everything we're hearing off the gangs all here so far has been very reminiscent of the old Sebastian Bach days. And Time Bomb is no exception. It's a little tiny bit cheesy and corny with the chorus. That whole tick, 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 boom thing. Yes, it's predictable. Again, I read these scathing reviews of this song. Sometimes well-performed, well-constructed, well-played predictability when it comes to rock and roll isn't a bad thing. I've always said it's comfort food. It's meat and potatoes. As long as it's done faithfully and honestly and well, and at least you can you can feel the band is trying you can accept it and that's how i feel about time bomb i still say with time bomb and the two songs that have already been released from the gangs all here this is a very promising sign that skid row without Sebastian Bach, is at least heading back to their glory days. And again, full album view coming, hopefully before the end of October. Finally, you know them, you love them, you hate them. Well, mothers and fathers do. They're not an 80s hair metal parody band. They're not an original band. They're somehow, some way in between. Is the great, the glorious Steel Panther, of course, that we're talking about. Brand new album coming out in 2023. The first single as they go out on tour here in the fall and the winter of 2022. Again, I preface this by saying I am trying to keep the Fortress of Rock clean. Want to make sure I can bring in as young an audience as I can to be exposed to this great music. So I will not step on any toes, step over any lines. So I will only say the first part of the Song title from Steel Panther, their new single is called Never Too Late. 
the subtitle, the part in parentheses, you look it up, you listen to it on Spotify, and you'll understand why I cannot really say that part on this podcast. But again, let me say, Steel Panther is raunchy. They are out there. They're misogynistic. Gloriously nasty in every possible way they can be, and I love it. And Never Too Late is typical Steel Panther from the cheesy keyboard intro to the ultra-catchy chorus to the blatant sexual overtones of the lyrics. I've mentioned there is a really good chance that I will be going to see them yet again. Saw them last year in Indianapolis. They're starting to get this tradition going where they go out on the holidays every year for a holiday show. Their Christmas tour, their Christmas shows. So hopefully this year, Fort Wayne, I will be able to see them at the end of November. But Never Too Late is a great, great Steel Panther song. Again, parental discretion advised. And it's one of the things I love about Steel Panther. No holds barred. They don't care about political correctness. They don't care about the hashtag MeToo movement. They are just a bunch of late middle age pseudo hair rockers trying to get laid. God bless them for that. All right, that's going to wrap up the breakdown segment. Next up, our tribute to Eddie Money, I Want to Go Back. Birthdays and anniversaries in rock and roll history. Hang out with me through a quick promo, and I will be right back with that. All right, now that we've looked at the current state of music, In our breakdown segment, it is time to climb into the DeLorean and travel back in time to look back at moments in rock and roll history, birthdays, deaths, anniversaries of song and album releases. It is time for I Want to Go Back, our tribute to Eddie Money. Stay tuned. And as always, we're on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public, anywhere where you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, strap in to the Rock and Roll DeLorean, kids, because it's time to go back in history. Check out birthdays, anniversaries of classic moments in rock history, Yes, it is time for I Want to Go Back, segment three, each and every week here on the Fortress of Rock. Of course, I'm the maestro Kevin Crane. We're taping episode 61 here on October the 14th, 
2022 available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and Audible. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page where in addition to links to each and every podcast episode, you will find our Weekend Rock Project. This particular weekend, we're still dealing with colors in rock song titles, yellow and white this weekend. The best rock songs with yellow or white in the title. And then, of course, Sunday. Each and every Sunday is New Music Sunday, where I will post a video from YouTube featuring one of the latest, greatest releases, new rock and roll from one of the bands that we know and love. And of course, this is the point in time in each and every podcast episode where I have to acknowledge my sources for a lot of these ideas, especially News of the World and here in I Want to Go Back, UltimateClassicRock.com, ThisDayInMusic.com, and of course, the Van Halen News Desk. The ideas for some of these stories might come from them, but the opinions are mine and mine alone. Let's look at birthdays because, of course, this is an important week in Van Halen history when it comes to birthdays. Going to go a little out of sequence here. October the 10th, going back a few days. 1954. David Lee Roth, the ultimate front man, my favorite front man, Van Halen and beyond, 68 years old today, well, this week, sorry. He keeps releasing every week or so these re-recorded Van Halen hits that he put together with a studio band that he assembled about uh, five, six months ago, earlier in 2022. The latest one being You Really Got Me. Still waiting for the release of the full album that he put together with John Five. So as I mentioned, not today, a few days back, October the 10th, happy birthday, David Lee Roth. Going back to yesterday, October the 13th, and going even further back to 1947, the birth of the Red Rocker, Sammy Hagar. Have you ever seen a guy who talks, walks, behaves much, much younger than his 75 years 
than Sammy Hagar. Shocking to me that Sammy Hagar is 75 years old this week, specifically yesterday, October the 13th. I hope to have as much energy as Sammy does when I hit 75, if I hit 75. Think about that. The age difference between David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar. Sammy is actually seven years older. Yet in many ways, he acts 15 to 20 years younger. So happy birthday this week to the Red Rocker. Other birthdays. Sticking this time around for the rest of these with October the 14th today as we tape this episode of the Fortress of Rock. October the 14th, 1959. Unfortunately, he passed away in 2015. A.J. Perro, the drummer for Twisted Sister. Twisted Sister never achieved the heights of success of bands like Motley Crue and Poison and Rat. But they did have their moment. They had the great videos on MTV. Dee Snyder is still a figurehead for the heavy metal rock rock and roll, hard rock community to this day. I believe he's still doing a syndicated show distributed all across the country. But the drummer for Twisted Sister, A.J. Perro, he was born today in 1959. Go back a year. October the 14th, 1958, Thomas Dolby. Now, you know I love my 80s music, so even though it's not technically rock and roll, Thomas Dolby's number five hit in the United States, She Blinded Me With Science, was one of the benchmark moments for MTV in the 80s. It was quirky, it was fun, it was goofy. We all loved it. Again, another example of how music brought us all together instead of how it does now drive us apart. And Thomas Dolby is only 64 years old today. I probably would have bet he was a little bit older, but good for him. Still plenty of years left, 64 years old. On a side note, as you learn something new every day, I know it's a cliche, but let me tell you something, kids. You do learn something new every day. As I did a little bit of research on Thomas Dolby, and I'm going to have to listen to these songs. And as a Van Halen fanatic, I'm disappointed in myself for never knowing this. Again, 
I am going to trust but verify. Supposedly on Thomas Dolby's 1992 album, Astronauts and Heretics, Eddie Van Halen plays on two songs on that album, Eastern Block and Close But No Cigar, which I guess was a moderate hit over in the UK. Never had ever heard being a Van Halen fan since the late 70s ever had heard that Eddie Van Halen had played on any Thomas Dolby album. So I'm going to have to check that out. Feel free to do that on your own as well. Going back to 1946 on this day, October the 14th, two more important rock and roll birthdays to celebrate. Dan McCafferty, lead singer for Nazareth, 76 years old. He's no longer in the band, but was with them throughout their heyday. And as long as, as I understand it, as long as he possibly could. I don't think there's much fault or much regret in when you get in your 60s and 70s. If you just don't want to do it anymore and you just can't, family, health, come into play, but uh, Dan McCafferty was with Nazareth as long as he possibly could be. He's 76 years old today, as I mentioned. Of course, Nazareth, Hair of the Dog, their classic album, Love Hurts, was their one big hit. And of course, the title track to Hair of the Dog was absolutely awesome and still a staple on classic rock radio to this day, because now you're messing with a son of a bitch. And on the same day, October the 14th, 1946, Lead singer, frontman for the Moody Blues, Justin Hayward, was born. He is also 76 years old today. The Moody Blues are one of those bands. We talked last week, about, and I ranted and raved about Jan Wenner, the idiot who has got his fingers in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, had his fingers in Rolling Stone magazine, and has basically been a detriment to everything good and great in rock and roll. And he said, well, Sticks and Ario Speedwagon, Boston, Foreigner, they're not getting a sniff of the Hall of Fame. They're not getting in. I imagine if they're not getting in, the Moody Blues aren't getting in because the Moody Blues, to me, would be a, a, a level below those bands, in my opinion. Not trying to disparage the Moody Blues, but 
you know, they had the prog rock 70s stuff with Knights in White Satin. And then they had their big comeback in the 80s in the MTV era with songs like Your Wildest Dreams, Long Distance Traveler, or I believe it was Long Distance Traveler. I don't think it was Long Distance Voyager, but that was their comeback album in the 80s. Revived, resuscitated their career, just like Hart, just like Aerosmith. But come on. I'm still bitter about last week. I'm still upset about last week. How do you disparage and dismiss Sticks, Foreigner, Ario Speedwagon, and, and Boston like that? How do you do that with a straight face? And I can't put the Moody Blues up there with those bands. I can't. If those bands don't get in, the Moody Blues shouldn't get in. Now, my hope is all of them get in because they all deserve to be in ahead of a lot of the garbage and crap that the nominating committee for the Rock Hall of Fame that they're putting in right now. Now, we talked earlier about Judas Priest, and they're trying to make the best of what I think is a bad situation where they didn't get voted in, but they got the special award that's going to put them in the Rock Hall of Fame. Garbage that they can't get voted in. But kudos to Rob Halford, K.K. Downing, for mending fences, making the best of a bad situation. And again, the bands I've mentioned here in this segment, the Moody Blues, Sticks, Foreigner, et al., all deserve to be in ahead of at least a dozen to two dozen acts that have been put in to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And they deserve to be in ahead of about six or seven of the acts that are going in this year. That being said, happy 76th birthday to Justin Hayward of the Moody Blues. All right, anniversaries in rock and roll history. Just got a couple of them. On this day, October the 14th in 1988, Def Leppard became the first act ever. I found this shocking. But when I thought about it, it made sense. Def Leppard becomes the first act ever to sell 7 million copies of two consecutive albums. Those albums being Pyromania and Hysteria. And I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I... Still couldn't wrap my head around that. And of course, the first band that popped into your head is the Beatles. But you got to remember, the Beatles were in an era where there was a smaller population. 
not as many people buying albums. Band like Van Halen, I know they had diamond sales, which is 10 million on two of their albums, but they weren't consecutive. But again, we're talking 7 million still. Racking my brain, racking my brain without looking numbers up, just trying to do it off the top of my head. And, you know, I, I realized that makes sense. And that's why I've always been a champion for Def Leppard. And, of course, finally they get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame recently. And maybe that's something that's stuck in the back of my brain, is that this was a, an achievement that I kind of knew about. I just never acknowledged it. Because Pyromania and Hysteria back-to-back were massive, massive hit albums. And plenty of other artists out there have multiple albums that have sold 7 million or more copies, but not back-to-back. And they weren't the first. Like Def Leppard, who achieved that monumental mark on this day back in 1988. Then finally, I'm going to stray a little bit from the rock and roll path, go back in time to my musical influences, which I am wont to do every now and then. Let's go back to the Jackson 5. Yes, I liked the Jackson 5 a lot growing up. Again, music was accessible, didn't matter, race, creed, color, religious affiliation. We just wanted good music, fun music, catchy music. And that was the Jackson 5. We all know there was dysfunction behind the scenes. We all know how Michael turned out. For the good, for the bad. In terms of a pop icon. In terms of the things that were alleged to have happened behind the scenes. But if you go back in time like we are to the more innocent days of the Jackson 5 and Michael Jackson. October the 14th, 1968. On this day, the Jackson 5 made their national television debut on a show called Hollywood Palace. I believe that was on ABC. And then on this same day, October the 14th, in 1972, let me me preface this by saying, I've always respected and admired Michael Jackson's music. Again, the things he is purported to have done in his personal life, 
nobody's going to condone or abide by. But I was never such a rock snob that I couldn't enjoy Michael Jackson's music or the Jackson 5 for that matter. There were times She's Out of My Life was a little bit too much for me with the the weepy crying into the microphone. A little bit too cloying. But come on, he had Eddie Van Halen on Beat It. Now, on the downside, as we look back at 1972 on this day, one of his more irritating and annoying single number one hits back then as a solo artist, still a part of the Jackson 5, but went off on his own. Remember that movie about the rats? Ben? Not a very good song. But it did hit number one, solo number one hit for Michael Jackson in the United States on this day, October the 14th, back in 1972. And thank God they don't play that on the radio anymore, or at least on any station that I listen to, because all I think about are rats. Not one of Michael Jackson's best moments. And we know he's had quite a few low points as well as dozens and dozens of high points in his career before he died. Ben was one of the lowest points. But again, before I end, I want to go back. I just want to give props to the Jacksons. For the most part, I love the music they put out. I really did. As a group, or Michael Jackson, as a solo artist, you can't deny that a lot of that stuff was very good, very solid R&B, pop, bordering rock music. And I, I will... Except again, one last time I'll mention for the accusations and allegations that have come out about Michael Jackson. I will have good memories about the Jackson 5. All right, that'll do it for I Want to Go Back. We've got one more promo and then I will run down all of the stuff. Again, I mentioned we've got a backlog of music to review, music to talk about. In the coming weeks, lots. we got a concert. We've got four or five albums. We have got at least half a dozen songs on the slate for The Fortress in the coming weeks. So hang out with me for just a few more minutes here on Friday night. I'll run down all of this new music for you. And then I will let you go enjoy your weekend as I will enjoy mine. 
I'll be right back. Well, we hope you enjoyed our trip back in time, looking back at the anniversaries, the classic moments in rock and roll history. But of course, the DeLorean works both ways. So now we have to move forward. The last segment here, as always, on the Fortress of Rock with me, the maestro Kevin Crane, Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's all about the future. What's coming out here in the next month or two? What songs? What albums? What concert tours? That's why we call it Wrap It Up. Thanks to the fabulous Thunderbirds. Thanks to you for hanging out. Here comes our final segment. All right, kids, that's going to about do it for episode 61 of the Fortress of Rock here on October the 14th, 2022 with me, the maestro, Kevin Crane. Of course, it's time to wrap it up. A nod to the fabulous Thunderbirds and their classic hit song. In two weeks' time, I will have my review of Judas Priest and Queensryche live in Kalamazoo, Michigan, as I've mentioned here a couple times during this episode. In terms of albums, I have got a lot to get through. I'm starting to regret pushing back Queensryche another week. You might get two, if not three, album reviews next week. Of course, Queensryche's Digital Noise Alliance is on the slate. Definitely 100% for next week. Bush, The Art of Survival. The Cult, Under the Midnight Sun. Alter Bridge, Pawns and Kings. Skid Row, The Gang's All Here. All of those albums are going to be coming up here dare I say, sometime in the month of October. And like I said, definitely Queensryche next week for sure. I would think at least one of those other albums I mentioned, if not two. Got to start catching up here, although we get into the dog days of winter when nothing new comes out. We might have to slow the roll here to make sure we've got at least one new album to review for you each and every week through the end of 2022 here. New songs to review. We mentioned in segment one, New Queen with Freddie Mercury from Sessions going back 30 years. The song is Face It Alone. We'll have that for you here on The Fortress. John Cougar Mellencamp, an unreleased song from the Scarecrow Sessions, of course, Deluxe Scarecrow reissue coming out in about a month. Carolina Shag is the song we will be looking at here in the next week or two on The Fortress. Now, we talked about the Jackson 5 in the last segment 
talking. We always try to talk about great music from the 70s and the 80s, R&B, soul. We try to hammer that point home. We're not trying to be PC here. We're trying to explain almost the opposite. When music was accessible regardless of race, creed, color. The Commodores put out the song Night Shift after Lionel Richie had left on his unbelievably rock and roll hall of fame worthy solo career. Again, going back to my comments about Jan Wenner and him basically dismissing Sticks and Foreigner and all those other bands. But Lionel Richie gets in the Rock Hall of Fame, but they can't. Anyway, I love the Commodores. I have made no bones about the fact that I love the Commodores. So Bruce Springsteen, of course, we talked about this, has his covers album coming out later on in the fall. Only the Strong Survive. This is the one song I really, really wanted to hear off that album, and it ends up being the lead single. The Commodore's Night Shift, as done by Bruce Springsteen. Very interested. Have not heard it yet. Very interested to hear this. We'll have a review of that for you in the coming weeks here on The Fortress. A band that I fell in love with earlier this year when they opened for Greta Van Fleet. They have a new song out, Nobody Wants to Die from Rival Sons. Really looking forward to this. Rival Sons, one of the greatest opening acts I have ever seen. Very excited to hear new stuff from them. Nobody Wants to Die coming up here in the next week or two on The Fortress. And finally, still a little bitter about this whole Mammoth WVH reissue. One album, not even two years old, but we're going to go ahead and reissue it with new songs or unreleased songs or Japanese bonus tracks like Talk and Walk. Well, Wolfgang Van Halen has released the second of the three bonus tracks on the reissued version, the deluxe version of Mammoth WVH's debut album, As Long As You're Not You, is now an official single release from Mammoth WVH. So we will begrudgingly review this even though I still think it's a punk-ass move for an album that just came out to re-release it with three bonus songs and expect your fans to shell out $12 to $15 for yet another CD version of an album that, again, just came out less than two years ago. Save the songs for the next album, Wolfie. This doesn't make a lot of sense. Some of the things you're doing recently don't make a lot of sense to me. 
tried and true Van Halen fan that I am, I'll stick by you. But a couple missteps here over the last few months, in my opinion, coming out of the Wolfgang Van Halen camp. All right, that'll do it for the Fortress of Rock here on October the 14th, 2022. As always, hope you enjoyed your time with me as I enjoyed my time with you on Friday night. Go out, have fun. Hit the bars, hit the clubs. Love the one you're with. Meet the future ex Mrs. you. If you, if you can't listen to The Fortress on Friday night, save it for your recovery on Saturday morning or any time over the weekend. Listen to us before you, you watch the NFL on Sunday. But just remember, next Friday, another new episode drops. So you better listen to this one before then. Or you get a massive backlog like I've got with all of these albums that have been coming out here over the last few weeks. I'm the maestro Kevin Crane. Once again, thanks. We'll talk to you next week.